While social media can be an exciting place to make and maintain friendly connections, it's also a black hole of interruption gremlins who feed off grabbing your attention, manipulating your emotions, and trapping you in the grass is always greener mindset. You know, it's cool to have people over so that you can all stare at your phones, but actually, wait, no, it's not fucking cool. It blows. It's time to slap yourself in that pretty little ass and reclaim your energy, time, and powers. Try taking a hiatus from social media for a day, a week, maybe longer, maybe 30 days, maybe three months, and instead focus your energy on your visions. Who do you want to become? How are you going to get there? There are so many magical moments that will never be experienced if you're too distracted to experience them. If you don't believe me, turn that cell phone off for two days. Remove the platforms from your computer for two days. And all of a sudden, notice how much time you really do have. It gets wild. It gets crazy. The stars await. Put the brakes on the social media shakes and connect your vision to the heavens. I am Heath Armstrong, and this is Never Stop Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. Why you letting conformity slam you up the butt? You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack what you're thinking Fuck no, you'll never stop peeking Yo, this world is whack Everything is feeling Looney Tunes. Are you feeling confused about what to do? Are you sick of being stuck in this illusionary shell where you don't know what to believe because it's hard to tell what's real? Yo, if you watch the news, you're misinformed. But if you don't watch the news, then you're uninformed. But hey... Maybe it's best to bypass the swarm. Allow your intuition to navigate the storm. If I could give advice, I'd say don't listen at all. Pogo stick in your undies, throw the square ball. Rip off all of your clothes and run loony through the woods and do the opposite of everything they told you you should. Play where the fishies fly high, high above the trees and the ravens dive deep, deep below the seas. Lose yourself in the world with foreign foods and dudes and boobs. (laughs) And try and love up all shapes and colors too. Don't just read between the lines, erase the lines, yo. Rip the cover off the book. Follow the purple brick road. Play duck, duck, moose instead of duck, duck, goose. Eat your salad with a spoon and go howl at the moon. Don't just think outside the box. Be the box remover. Like slug, break the rules, but first break the rulers. Say I love you more. Surrender to love too and forgive everyone for everything, starting with you. 
Slow down and enjoy something beautiful here. Slow down and enjoy something beautiful in the mirror. It's all laughs and love. It's all truth, no doubt. Inhale the white light and blow the boogie monsters out. When you become the sun, you bypass the clouds. When you flow like the ocean, you blow past the drought. Stop trying so fucking hard to figure things out. Because what if the hokey pokey really is what it's all about? <laughs> Ladies and gents, boys, girls, everything up and down and in between. Welcome to Never Stop Peaking. I wanted to start by reading this a little awareness prompt um, that my guest today, Leisha Fox, sent me in the mail, and I, I love this. It says, to be aware of a single shortcoming within oneself is more useful than to be aware of a thousand in somebody else. Rather than speaking badly about people and in ways that will produce friction and unrest in their lives, we should practice a purer perception of them. And when we speak of others, we speak of their good qualities. If you find yourself slandering anybody, first imagine that your mouth is filled with, with poo, excretion, excrement. It will break you. It will break you of the habit of judging and talking badly about other people very quickly. It's a good practice. (laughs) When you start to find yourself about to slander someone, think about your mouth full full of poo. It's a message from the Dalai Lama, and um, obviously excrement was used instead of poo, but I love it. You know, this, this idea of awareness, it matches, it matches our episode today. Um, it's kind of about, are you paying attention? Are you using your higher self habits? Are you dialing into your intuitive relations? How do you allow pain and energy to move through you when a deep relationship in your life comes to an end? What does it feel like to live a life in dedication to your excitement and your self-love and your ultimate creative journey? Are you paying attention to the universal signs that are trying to guide you to your highest self? A few years ago, I was introduced to Leisha via a mutual friend, and we planned on recording a podcast episode, but the universe intervened a few times and it never worked out. Well, fast forward to right now, and it all makes sense. It all makes sense as to why we waited so long to connect. And you'll see that when you get into this episode. Leisha and I both look for signs from the universe to help guide us in our businesses, in our spiritual life, in our journeys of awareness. And over the past few months, we started having so many synchronicities that it became crystal clear that it was time to connect. She's one of my favorites to tune into. She's on Instagram, and that's kind of the channel that I follow a lot of. Um, but also on Facebook. And these links are in the show notes at heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast. Um, one of my favorites to tune into because her authenticity glows. And the way that she teaches is of the highest mastery. In this episode, Leisha and I freely explore the collisions of our journeys, the magic universal wand always at play to help guide you, Pythagorean numerology, 
(laughs) The process of transitioning through deep relationships and plant medicine healing journeys, higher self habits, the intimacy of intuition, the beauty of self-forgiveness and unconditional love. We get into so many nuggets of gold goodness. It will help you go to infinity and beyond. I'm going to get right into this episode. It's a good one. It's a fatty. Not a lot of fluff. We go into it and uh, it's inspiring. It's really inspiring. So I'm really excited to bring her to you um, and allow her to to use her, her ability to connect, to help guide you. Allow it, allow it, allow it, allow it, allow it, allow it, allow it. Open up and receive the message that you're about to hear. All right, let's do this. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity stinkity riggity dinkity beat. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me start at the very beginning. not about you. you know, it's about them. So it, it doesn't matter if you're nervous or if you're scared or you're shitting your pants or <laughs> you know you don't want to go on a stage because you're you're worried that people are going to judge you. You don't want to write because you're worried how people perceive it. It's it's not about you, it's about them and the only variable that really matters is how many you know how much energy comes out of your body and your mouth to help other people do it. It's always stuck with me. It's like yeah, it's true helps me get through anxious moments for sure. Yeah, I think it was the Dalai Lama who I saw recently, <laughs> who was like, it just sounds so cliche. It was the Dalai Lama that said. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't think about that for a second. I was like, wait, she said Dalai Lama, yeah. Yeah, who I, w- I saw a video recently where he said, um, in- anxiety can be healed or like dispelled through altruism. And mm. when I went through a very similar, like similar experience parallel when I went through my depression, anxiety, agoraphobia, like everything that I was dealing with at the time, seven years ago, I was told by my doctor to, um, go, uh, why can't I think of the word right now? Volunteer, go volunteer. And I remember thinking, okay. And he was like, when you remember that, like, even at your, what you feel is your lowest, your breaking point, your, worst physically mentally emotionally spiritually broken you still add value to this world like you can still show up and like talk to somebody and serve them soup and you know and I was just like oh my gosh yeah and it was such a quick like a very I was very willing though but it was just like this radical reframe and so I actually have a my intent bracelet I love Chris Pan and it's one And it's just a a reminder that like, I'm always just speaking to the one person who needed to hear it. Instead of getting overwhelmed, like I'm gonna, you know, help transform thousands of lives. Like my one life having been catalyzed to shift from the path I was on into a more altruistic and 
um, self-explorative and healing, you know, journey has since then I've watched the ripple effect, you know, like we all have influence when we think of things like online influencers and stuff like that woman, Amber Ludwig, who said that to you was a catalyzer, somebody who just lit the fire and ignited that and showed you what was possible. And those are the beings that are like, yes, show everyone, you know? That's like being on team light. I mean, that's the whole purpose, right? Of what we, we do is to help activate. I mean, it's in a lot of my mantras, it's, it's very much about helping others discover their unconditional love and truth, whether that be through products or projects or services, whatever it can be, because by doing so you discover your own. Um, I'm curious about your going back seven years to what, because I I don't think I've ever heard your direct transformative story, but we seem to be synced in a lot of different ways. Recently though, like the last three or four months, it's been like trigger, 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 you keep mm-hmm. popping up over and over again. And I was like, this, I guess it feels like the right time to have a, a conversation. And then in that process of like unfolding three or four months, there's so many similarities and energetically, I feel like we're in a very similar space. Um, and I, I really honestly enjoy watching what you teach in the way that you do it, because you're kind of a nerd and you're very <laughs> vulnerable but like you do make me laugh and it's really hard for me to engage with things on the internet. Cause I'm just like, uh, that's, you know, we're all projecting our own issues out by, and most of the time it's, we see what other people that are doing that are really successful. And then we start acting more like that because we want to like sort of mock it. Cause we think it's going to help us expand our audience or whatever, but seldomly there are very unique, vulnerable people and, and you're one of them. And I, I just like, you can keep my attention. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's funny. Like when you're holding the ducks up or whatever you were doing yesterday. Um, oh my gosh. My, and it didn't work out the way that you planned the video was going to, but that was funny. I was just like kind of ridiculous. Um, but I want to hear, yeah, I want to hear about your, your, your shift seven years ago. That's 2013 ish. Mm-hmm. That was about when I was starting to, and you're, you're turning 33, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're the same age and Dang. So 20, I'm turning 34, but I'm 33 right now. So we'll be the same age for like a week. Yeah, for a week. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be a three, 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 three. And my dog is three. Ooh. And she was also born on March 3rd. So that's a three, three. And I live in apartment 66 across from pub 33. And my license plate has a triple six in it. So. Okay. okay. <laughs> I have to share this with you. So. 333 has been, I would say the past like four or five months, just following me around, you know, like the universe, like spirit speaks to everybody in different ways, like in a language that you can hear and symbols that you can, symbols that you can understand. I would say it was like maybe two years ago, I started noticing numbers and it was like, they were speaking to me. So I was like, let me look this up. And that's how I found angel numbers. Um, And 333 has been wildly just everywhere. So for you to say that is like, (laughs) of course. And you know, 33 is mastery. Um, So I really believe that, you know, a lot of the shadow work that's been coming up that started seven years ago um, is coming to not necessarily that your journey ever ends, 
um, we, we never want to like arrive. It's more of there's, it's coming to a completion in an acceptance. Yeah. Of what I, I feel. It, yes. And the threes, I mean, I've been getting just pound town pain trained by them the past, like, I, I want to say the, the year leading, the year leading up to being 33. And then this whole year, and this year is also my Jupiter rising, which means in like working with very scientific astrologists, them telling me like, you're going to have huge transitions in this year, which I did. And you're going to have to make the right decisions because if you don't, you're going to backset yourself for a long time. But if you make the right decisions, you can leap forward. I'm curious as to what that was like for you, because you just went through a mass transition, obviously. And I think the biggest transition in my entire life was Saturn return when I was 20, you know, 27 or 28. But that was when I became out of alcoholism and really like, I mean, it was insane, the productivity to get myself um, into a position where I could sell everything that I had, you know, my home, I had a house in Kentucky, uh, quit my job, start a business, whatever, move, start traveling the world and things like that. So the, the initiation points have been massive, but, uh, the threes and like the Christ consciousness, you're going to free, I'm going to send you a picture because you're going to freak out. I moved into this apartment and on both closets, I swear to God, this is fucking insane. I have two, two closets, like in each, in each bedroom and they're wooden closets. And when I moved in, they were just normal. And over the past like six months, but I was actually, it happened like a month into me moving here. <laughs> Three crosses appeared on both doors. I'm not shooting you. I'll send you pictures. Cause I, it's, it's mind blowing and you can't rub it. Like I was like, okay, well maybe I tried to justify it with my rational mind. I was like, sure. yeah, that's a little bit freaky. Cause I only noticed my bedroom one first. I was like, maybe somebody like that lived here before, had put up something cause they were like super into like Christianity or something. And, yeah. but it didn't make very much sense. Cause I was, I, I couldn't rub it off. I even took some like vinegar based cleaner and was like rubbing it, like just seeing if it would move and it doesn't. And then I came into the, the other room like a couple weeks later and another set had appeared and it's just like, oh, like what it's, it's nuts. Actually, I, I will put a picture of these in the show notes for anybody listening. If you want to check Ew. those out at, uh, heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast, but it's crazy. Also, before I forget, have you ever done your Pythagorean numerology like breakdown or anything? I'm I'm about to get my gene keys read on Monday, but Ooh, I, I think astrology or number numerology. I think you're. Hold on a second. If you do so, three. Remember this while we do this oh. live. No, you have to write this. I'm just like, I need to, I need some math help in my head. So three, oh, wait, three plus five. Wait, hold on. I'm doing it like you're L Leisha, right? L I E C. Wait, L E C I A. Okay. Three. Yeah. So I was right. Three, five, three, nine, one. What is so that's is that twenty one total? Three five three nine one. I was like English major, so <laughs> <laughs> twenty one. You're right. So two plus one is three. Yes. Oh yes. 
wonder what your let's do the last name oh it's funny fox is actually spelled out on the same line that's a triple six they're all sixes no Look. yeah i don't know if you can see this but oh it's actually fox yeah that's it's weird that is weird so you got a three and a triple six and triple six is 18 which is a nine which is actually three threes in the root so you have four threes so yeah. Like three is really crazy incremental. Yeah. I, I don't know what that all means, but. I, that's, it's very cool because like my life numbers have been twos. When I break my name down in the Pythagorean numerology roots, my first name is a triple two or a, a double three, but I go with the two, triple two because it's like the lowest low of the roots. And then my middle name is wait hold on my first name is yeah triple two my middle name is a 22 and then my last name is a quad two wow i don't know what your middle name is but your first and last are both three roots which is pretty cool joan <clears throat> j-o-a-n j-o-a-n yeah so there's one seven Eight, thirteen, I think. Four, twenty-two. So double two. Joan, three, three. So you are three, two, two, three, 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 three. Yeah. If that's right, but I'm not gonna make anything any more confusing for anybody listening. Everybody's like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Yeah, there's Don't another one you can do the. Chal, I don't know how it's pronounced. I think it's Chaldean numerology. Mm. Um, it's a different scale, but yeah, it's also, you know, if you strike out and you have a bunch of like random numbers on your Pythagorean and you want to feel better about yourself, you could always go to the, to the other one and see if you light up some synchronicities. But yeah, numbers, I see numbers like crazy and I always, mm -hmm. like, it's like, license plates just like triple 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 everywhere and i'm always like yes 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 i'm on the right yeah. path you know, like, that's oh, like I, my, freaking I out people sending me pictures of license plates because i if they're in the car with me i'll just be having a conversation and then i'll just kind of like you know casual mm -hmm. cursory glance over and it'll be like one 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 and i'm like oh look one 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 and they're just like I, how do you just how'd you see that I'm like i don't know i guess it's just like i was meant to see it really interesting there was someone I was like sort of dating for a while and we were dear friends for 11 years and his initials are what I called him by I never called him by like his full name and I don't know why but like 333 always felt like like when I saw it I thought of him so I see certain like new numbers together and it makes me think of certain people not always like triple digits sometimes it's you know just something maybe it's their birth date um, yeah. anyway, I'm here in Kansas and we're driving uh, to a lake and I literally scream at my dad who knows this about me and I'm like, stop the car. And he's like, yeah, okay. And I jump out and everyone in the truck is like, what, what is she doing? And he, I get back <laughs> in later knowing that he said, she's probably taking a picture of a license plate, <laughs> which I was, <laughs> and it was three, three, three. And then his initials. Oh, wow. And so I sent it to him and he was just like, what does that even mean? I'm like, I don't know, but like how wild that that exists. Of course yeah. it exists, but anyway, little tangent. 
the universe plays games. Yeah. Really. Reminders. I I, I want to. All right. Well, I'll just roll into this conversation. We can go backtrack to your story in, in a second, but because uh, it just feels right to move. So integration of like when you started seeing numbers mm-hmm. or or noticing the universe playing with you more, I've had crazy things happen. So like one of my biggest gifts is my ability to pick things up in my mind before they physically appear. Mm-hmm. So people call that a lot of different things. I don't know what it means. Yeah, I just know that things come into my head and then they physically appear. For instance, I went, uh, I've mentioned this before, I think on the last podcast, but it's, it's worth noting. Um, one time I was trying to consult a friend who wasn't feeling very good. So I jokingly sent her a link to an Amazon book about Hanson. Um, and this this book, it was just like this yellow Hanson book that for some reason in my head, it was like, oh, this will be funny. Amazon search Hanson and send her a, a link to the book and then tell her to read it. Like, why would I think of that? I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know, I've spent my entire life trying to become Hanson. Uh, or maybe it's just because it was like the most random thing from the universe. But I did that. And like, I opened it and I was like, how have I never read this book ever? Like, how have I never seen this growing up being obsessed with Hanson? How, how is this possible? Yeah. This yellow book, like this unauthorized autobiography or this unauthorized biography, how has this not graced me before? And so I just sent it to her and then like forgot about it. I don't even think she was probably just like, what the fuck is that? Like, why? That's not funny. That's not helping right. me at all or whatever. But the next day I was walking my dog, Sachi, um, Sachi Tananda, full name, which experience consciousness and bliss. And, um, I was at the time living in this, this apartment that was like in the worst, it was like the only part of Portland that doesn't have like glorious gardens everywhere or green, you know, lush green forests or whatever. The only part, because I rented this apartment online because I'd gone through a breakup and like moved when I was just in this wrecky kind of position. I ended up in this place. So I was walking her and it was always a depressing walk because it was just industrial. Yeah. She started pulling me towards this other house this this direction towards a house that we never really went. But when I got up to the house, there were actually rose bushes and they were blooming. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like there's actually like roses down here. I wonder who lives here. And underneath the rose bush was a fucking copy of that Hanson book. Like a legit copy of that book. <gasps> I and it was just like, what? No, stop. And then, oh. yeah, the same, I... I had a a disc golf, like I play Frisbee golf and I had an incident the next day where I was at this non disc golf park. And I was like, maybe I should start playing disc golf and that would be fun. Cause I have no friends and I don't know where to go, but that would be cool. But I need to get some more discs soon. If I do, I wonder where I can buy some discs. And then there was just a physical brand new disc laying on the ground in the park. And it was the craziest thing. And two days in a row having that happen, I was like, wow, activation. Um, so and then happy. recently, yeah, a mushroom foraging knife. I was thinking about how I needed to get a mushroom foraging knife because I was going mushroom foraging. And I was, while I went mushroom foraging that day in the middle of the woods, inside of this little cubby behind a, a, a tree that had been rooted down in the middle of nowhere, there was a mushroom foraging knife inside of it. So the universe is just like- My whole body is like enjoy right now. Listening to it plays with me in so many amazing ways. But what I noticed was this really kicked up to an entire new level, either of my awareness of noticing these things, because maybe 
maybe the universe is always playing with us. We're just not aware. We don't put the pieces together. We don't make the connections. You know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I would have gotten that Hanson thought, ignored it, not sent it to my friend, and still found the book and never put two and two together. Right. Um, but when I did, when I when I went into a very deep state of healing with ayahuasca, that's when things started leveling up like crazy for me as far as my awareness goes. And like the integration continues to unfold. So I was just curious from your perspective, if, cause you, right. You, you did some ayahuasca ceremonies, right? Uh, I did four nights of ceremonies back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So did your, was it similar for you as far as like the universe playing with you or your, you know, your visions of numbers or the integration, did it kick up a notch after that experience? Um, it totally did. And just to acknowledge it, what you were saying about maybe it was always there. I just didn't have, I wasn't like the awareness wasn't there yet. That's yeah. 100% my belief. Um, I can't remember what book I was reading cause I read a lot and it was talking about consciousness and awareness, like a pencil with an eye on it with a paper wrapped around. So if you've heard this, let me know if you know where it's from. And, um, we are the I, right? And so it's, it's, it's not that it didn't already exist because it did, but we could only see so much because the paper's wrapped around the pencil. So then adding more eyes and kind of pulling the paper out a little bit, that's like expanding our awareness. Now it all, it already existed. It was like in our sphere. We just didn't, we weren't like aware and or receptive or allowing, you know, cause a lot of times we'll sort of, people say block your blessings, but I really just feel it's, you know, the lack of awareness around it. And when I, um, July of last year at a place called Rhythmia. Oh, I know uh, Rhythmia. Yeah. It's sort of like a bougie way (laughs) to do. (laughs) I wasn't like in a hut in the Amazon. I was on a really beautiful like resort style. Uh, I actually won the trip. So thanks to Jerry Paul. So amazing. Yeah. Well, that's how I knew I was supposed to work with um, ayahuasca when I went to a spiritual center. I'll sort of back it up a little bit so you can get the full story. I went to a, I go to a spiritual center in Los Angeles when I lived there called Agape. Michael Beckwith has been a mentor of mine on meditation. Um, A lot of people know him from The Secret back when he had like dreads. Um, Anyway, and so he was giving out this book called Shit the Moon Says. And it, they were like, I, just, I hadn't gone to a physical service in a very long time. And I was like, oh, I just felt called to go, right? This is how the universe works. So I went and they handed out the book and they, they, gave, they gave us two. So Jerry had donated the books and was, they, are, they are his book, The Founder of Rhythmia. Uh, Ayahuasca completely changed his life. Um, he has a really radical story. So I, it said, you know, give one away and take a picture with the book and post it on your Instagram with the tag shit the moon says, and we're pulling winners. Um, and it's, it's a half, it's a bit of a price tag to go to this place and then you just buy your, um, flight. And so I posted it at the time. And it's in Costa Rica, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was engaged at the time and. Oh, you're an ex-engagee? I am. I am too. (laughs) I know. I was just about to say, I have found that so many people, um, what I thought was like something so shameful and we can go down that road later, but 
I once I started telling people about it's it. It's another synchronicity. Yeah, totally. People were like, oh yeah, me too. I've been engaged before. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is a lot more common than I thought. Anyway, at the time he was my fiance and still dear friends, but I just said, I'm going to win this. And he was like, do you even know like what, what it's all about? <laughs> Not really, but like, I know I'm going to win. And he was like, okay. And a week later they called me and I had won. So we waited because we wanted to save up the money for him to be able to go with me. <laughs> I felt like it was only, you know, who knows. And I had a lot of fear around it. So we're saving up the money, whatever. We end up separating. And I see that Michael Beckwith is going to be at Rhythmia in July of 2019. And we separated March of 2019. And so I went, I really want to go when he's there, but apparently it sells out pretty quickly and it's March already. So I call and they're like, oh yeah, we have a space open for you. And I'm just like, all right. It was so perfect for me to go. Um, and I really like how they do it there. Everyone is different and you'll get what you need. End of story. Like you'll get what you need. But when I went having four nights back to back and also having what they called plant integration therapy, um, for me, the talking of what's going on and hearing other people's stories helps me integrate a lot faster. Mm -hmm. um, so what I noticed when I got back was I was just way more... Um, radically open because my entire experience I would be told something and everyone experiences it differently and I would just go okay you know like um this alien is going to work on your you know in <laughs> your intestines because that's where you've been storing fear in your body and may we come in and work on you and I would just go okay yeah, yeah. and I think going back to what you had said about me just being like very much myself on social media I think that's part of that like natural innocence and enthusiasm that I've not lost, which I did lose, you know, not lose, but didn't experience as much of seven years ago when I was going through depression and anxiety and a lot of that um, uh, catalyst. And yeah, plant medicine was working with ayahuasca, now having worked with 5-MeO and um, Bufo, I would most certainly subscribe to sharing with others to do ayahuasca but maybe waiting on the other two until you have like a very strong foundation but i think everyone yeah. does in their own time when they're supposed to so was your intention because it was very similar when i the universe just put together a very unexpected route for me to go visit you know, mother ayahuasca on this beautiful plant medicine farm in Mexico. And that was right after I went through, you know, a separation after, you know, I was in, it was a seven year relationship that I was in. So, uh, my intention was very heavily around like, okay, what, what's going on? You know, is there something wrong with me? Is there, you know, it was how it was like my inability to receive love. I feel like I couldn't. Yeah. So maybe similar for you. We'll get that in a second. But I, yeah, mine, people can go listen to my full experience on past episodes. Um, but for me, it was very much my, I, I thought that I was like incapable of, of receiving 
like I, I didn't understand how to receive love. And I didn't really know that I didn't understand how to receive love until I went into this, this, um, you know, lesson, this teaching with, which was by far the most transformative thing I've ever experienced. But, um, then you realize when you're there that like, it's just, there's an infinite amount of love that's always pumping in and through you. And it's literally just about your acceptance and finding love in everything all the time. Uh, but you had your, you know, your traumatic transformation from seven years previous to that, but then you went through a relationship. So I guess my question was going to be, did you have multiple intentions going in or was it kind of heavily revolved around understanding and finding your next step? Um, cause I, I imagine in a lot of time you had done some healing from the, the transition that you made seven years ago. But for me, I, mine was really heavily evolved around relationship and, and how we, how we interact with each other essentially um, and the beauty in all aspects of it. And not so much about, I feel like I had already done so much healing from, you know, recovering from being, you know, alcoholic, end up face down, pants down in the bushes or whatever. Um, yeah. I want to hear, I want to hear what you were lighting up about for when I was talking about the, the love projections. It's uncanny. It's wild. So when I separated from my fiance, it was my third long-term relationship that I was walking away from. And it wasn't the other person. The other person, you know, my, the three, I've had three, I've, I'm like, I'm serially monogamous. I haven't really dated in my adult life from 18 to 33. It's always just been one long relationship, a very short time of being single. But who I ended up with next was um, someone who's already in my sphere. And it was yeah. almost very natural. Like, not that we were harboring feelings while I was in another relationship. It just it just so happened to kind of just work out that way. So I never really dated or like went looking for a partner. Um, and I remember the day that I knew I had been whispered to for quite some time, about a year and a half by my inner guides that it, we needed to separate. And I really resisted it heavily because I had this narrative running in my mind that um, I was afraid of commitment. And what would people think of me? Um, so when we separated, I called my parents and I asked them if I was broken. Those are like my exact words. I said, am I broken? Well, I never feel what people are saying, like when you know, you know, because I've never known in every relationship, it's been really hard because they could, they never felt super safe. And I'm just now coming to this awareness. They couldn't feel safe because I was always kind of like one foot out the door. So it's like, I always left like an open suitcase in the corner, you know, like I was never fully there. And so it always kind of gave them energetically unrest. And I thought something was wrong with me because uh, like I really wronged myself for just not settling, right? Like settling within and being like, okay, Leisha, you're going to be 32 and you're going to leave this man who really wants to marry you. What is wrong with you? You know? And so when I went to, um, Rhythmia, they give you a workbook before to set your intentions. And my intention was really to understand like why my relationships have been so disconnected, um, not very vulnerable. So mine was really based around love and it was really based around relationships because <laughs> I was just like, I want to heal this for once and for all. Yeah. So how did that change? 
how did it change your perception moving forward with, with um, not just like, obviously, cause so I was similar. I did, I had two back-to-back seven-year relationships. Um, we have a lot of interesting similarities, but for me, it was a lot about, um, so there was a segment where she, mother ayahuasca, after I got through all like the the goons that were trying to get in and like distract me, there was a point where she pulled out branches. Um, she pulled out her roots and she pulled out all of these roots, like so many different roots. And on the end of each route was pretty much every person that I've ever had any sort of flirty from, from the scale of like flirty crush to deep, deep intimate relationship in my entire life. People I had never even remembered, you know, that I could never possibly remember. And they were all on these roots, just all surrounding me. And she was basically teaching me. And then like, you could just, the, so she had one stuck inside of my stomach and she was pumping um, love. She was pumping love into me, uh, serotonin, dopamine, whatever you want to call it. It was coming in and, and it was glowing and filling me up. And then she was basically to take what's physically impossible in a world where your mind is a hard drive that isn't capable of storing all the information that you know when you're there. Um, to put that into like a sentence, she was basically teaching me that every single relationship that we have in life is merely a projection of ourselves to teach us something to lead us towards a higher version of ourselves. And you're the same for them. So, you know, it works back and forth. And no matter what, it doesn't matter if it lasts for 10 minutes while you're standing in, you know, line in the grocery store and you have some flirty interaction or it lasts for seven years um, or it lasts for an entire lifetime. There's a reason why it lasts a certain amount of time. And there's a reason why you get those downloads as to like, this doesn't, even though everything looks right from the outside, there's something telling me from my gut that I need to move away from this um, because there's something else waiting. But it was just my understanding of like, wow, <laughs> like every single thing is so playful. You know, it, it, everyone is so full of love there. We like to focus on the dark sides of everything in this world. I feel like it's really easy to like remember the bad stuff, but what has happened in my head since then is like, it doesn't matter how weird or funky a relationship can get with me now. Like I only remember the beautiful things of my interactions with people and it confuses other people because like what about that crazy like fight we had or whatever i'm like i don't know i don't i don't i don't retain it anymore i really have kind of learned to channel the love and everything back to myself and that in that learn how to receive love myself so it's been a remarkable journey and i have also been very much connected to like finding ayahuasca has led me to many other people that have that I would unexpectedly not realize that they had done ayahuasca. And then you find out and you're like, Oh, that makes sense now. Like it, and um, not saying that it's perfect or it, that's something everybody should go do, but it's, it's really good to hear that you had a, a, a kind of love-based experience as well. When a lot of the reporting around the world is constantly about how traumatic it can be and how, and it can be, you know, how, how hard it can be. But like you said earlier, everyone gets what they need. Um, right. Yeah. Which- would feel I mean my first two nights of ceremony with Mama Aya were 
hysterical now when I look back because I <laughs> had an addiction to anger. And so there was a lot of yelling. It was like a daughter fighting with her mother, just screaming. And, you know, she was really showing me who I had become um, through conditioning, through programming. And it wasn't until the third night. And I think this is a part of like my soul's journey is like, learning that I don't have to wait till I'm beaten down and exhausted to finally surrender. Um, and you know, there's still like, that's still like a lesson in the process. And, and I, I'm learning so much faster each and every time of like, wait, 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 I can do this easier. <laughs> this doesn't have to get yeah. to the, that heightened point of just like, all right, I'm done. And when my journey was a lot more about self-forgiveness and self-acceptance and self-love. Um, that was what she had shared with me was that, and it sounds like yours is very cerebral as well. Like it's a felt experience, but you know, hearing 85 other people who were there, uh, you know, they might've had visions or they just like saw geometric shapes or numbers and stuff. And mine was not like that at all. Mine was very much a conversation. And I think that's just because that's how maybe I experienced the world. Um, and she had said, she had <laughs> pulled out my heart for me to look at, but it wasn't like, you know, beating heart. <laughs> like I knew it was a heart, my heart. And it was just completely black. And there was this one or dark, there was this one little white spot. And she said, you have been carrying the trauma of, and it's from my family. So I'll keep that private, but you've been carrying this trauma and you've only had this much for yourself or for anyone else. And she said, because of that, you had no love, like literally coming from that space, there was no opportunity to share love with a partner because you weren't even sharing it with yourself. And, you know, it was spread very thin. And I was gifted a new heart by Mary Magdalene, of course, this is very <laughs> And I like never thought of Mary Magdalene in my life. It's just, this, it's an archetype, right? And so she gives me a new heart and I'm like, experience the most like bliss and love and unconditional self-acceptance I have ever experienced. I had such a reverence for my soul in that moment and for the journey as Leisha. And so I, I do love sharing now. And my my experience afterwards has been, um, more of people coming to me once they find out that I have experienced ayahuasca and, and journeyed with her and curiosity and less of like people who have already gone on the journey. So it's really interesting because, um, I always, I always am a proponent to just like, you know, get clear on intentions as to why you're going and, or why you want to work with her. And that makes the journey a little bit in my experience, just a little bit um, smoother. Super important. Yeah, int intentionality is everything when we go into ceremony. Um, and I, I look at it as an accelerator in a way for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's no, it's really hard to put something like that into words. I know. <laughs> I'm actually but, writing about it. My book that I'm writing that isn't about quarantine um this so you're doing this is the second book yeah so this one is we're kind of the first one we're kind of like getting it out and then this one is like <laughs> on my timeline so hawaii time <laughs> you've been getting a lot done in the quarantine -y? yeah 
I, I actually, the first three weeks I didn't do or be or have anything. You felt, are you, are you empathetic at all? Like you just feel, you feel I a just, lot. I was just with it. Like I, yeah. you know, living in Los Angeles specifically in a, um, a group of friends who are all very, uh, I guess by society's terms, successful entrepreneurs in the online space who are always being and doing, and just seems like they're always high performing. I felt this like guilt the first three weeks because I didn't want to create a way for everybody to work through the quarantine. I was like, I actually just want to be with myself and as a coach and, you know, like a spiritual life coach. I just felt like I would be doing a disservice to show up and say anything right now. So I got very quiet and, um, I waited until I, I felt ready and prepared and had integrated what we were all going through as a collective to say, okay, now I know what's going to add impact me showing up and guiding workouts. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I also felt like there was this, this feeling of you should be doing something. And I wanted to just remind people that the most we can do when our complete experience has shifted is to have compassion on ourselves. So I, I had a very, I had a very quiet first couple of weeks as well. And, but since I've been really productive with writing and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't push myself to, to do things. Like one of the things I've learned is just to, to feel out, you know, how I'm be myself, I guess, like be in what I want to be doing. And I do affirmation decks and I wrote a whole new affirmation deck this week. Um, <laughs> thank you. I did a, I did a new one. Like, and it's, it was so cool to be able to just like not do anything else. Like I completely ignored all my other work, but like that, just let that channel flow through. Um, you went through a transition where you went from LA to Kansas, which is a big leap backwards. I mean, not forwards, but not, I mean like back because you were there before, right. Yes. In Kansas. Uh, what, what took you to LA to begin with? Cause I don't think I know that. I'm just curious. And what was the massive, um, what was the call to go back in the midst of the pandemic times, if that was a coincidence or not, mm-hmm. uh, or if, I'm just curious as to how you made that transition and what you're doing now that you're back and where you're kind of, uh, moving your, your mind and your heart towards. Mm. I graduated high school and two weeks later moved to California and oh. I was in music <laughs> theater and I, I always knew that I wouldn't stay in like a small town. Um, so I left with the dreams of any Midwesterner moving to California to be an actress. And when I got there, I, um, yeah, I spent 15 years. I did some acting. I really loved it. I did not love the industry. Um, it was, I was very like disillusioned. Like I was super naive when I moved out there. Um, so that was initially what brought me out there. I had an aunt, um, who was only nine years older than me. She's more like a sister. And so I just crashed on her couch, (laughs) um, to kind of get on my feet. And then fast forward all the in between, I was living in West LA and really noticing that 
I moved October of last year and come February, I was starting to notice like my mental health was just, it wasn't, um, I didn't, I felt like really out of alignment. I didn't, I didn't feel like producing anything. And, and at the same time, I just felt kind of this like ick, like I felt heavy and stagnant and I was surrounded by really incredibly inspiring people. But my business was like, it was calling for a shift and I was really resisting it. I just, I, I identified a certain way and letting go of that felt really uncomfortable. And so I had this moment where I was in, oh, my, my computer's running, so let me find out what I did with my charger, where I was in Orange County. I was staying back with my aunt for a little bit. There we go. And um, she got really sick. Um, don't know if it was a coronavirus, right, or what was going on, but she ended up feeling flu symptoms. And um, then my uncle got really sick. And so I was just kind of with them. And I know I was, I was pretty isolated because I obviously didn't want to. Um, <laughs> did you feel the call to put that on? <laughs> I did. Um, I didn't want to affect anyone else. You know, I was just respecting everyone's fears and, and what they were going through. So while I was spending this time by myself, I noticed I felt so much better being out of Los Angeles. Um, and then from there, I had clients pulling out from their contracts and their fear started to kind of like permeate me. And so I started to feel like, wait a second how am I going to pay my bills? You know, I need to move from Los Angeles to Orange County. I'm recognizing I don't want to stay there any longer. And that was hard because it was such a dream of mine to get back to Los Angeles after my breakup and really like solidify um, that I'm here in LA doing exactly what I want. And I had this moment where I spent maybe like five hours crying for myself over like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I had this like internal guidance that was like, it's time to go back to Kansas for a little bit. And in 15 years, I've never had that thought cross my mind once. Like maybe <laughs> when I was like really stressed out about something, I'd be like, maybe I should just move home. I can't do it. Like in my early twenties, yeah. but I never meant it. You know, I was just like, ah, whatever, I'll figure it out. And this was a moment of like, you know, I spent a week thinking about it. Cause I was like, is this coming from lack and scarcity? Am I afraid that I won't be able to pay my bills when we know that that, well, when I knew that that was not the truth, like, um, there's infinite ways to make money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and once I started to really sit with it, I kind of had my own internal guidance, my own GPS say that it was the right thing to do. And within a couple of days, my dad and my stepmom actually called me and were like, we're worried about you. And we, we really feel like now would be a, a good time to come home. And I was like, well, I've actually been entertaining that thought. And I spent probably another week just really kind of allowing myself to grieve the, the momentum that I had going and, and start to see it from a different perspective, that I was safe, that I was loved, and that, you know, I can let go of any judgment for going home to Kansas. And the judgment came, you know, people were like, what's going on? Are you okay? What's wrong? Why would you go back to Kansas? Um, 
And I just kept saying, I know that the universe will reveal to me, like spirit's going to reveal why, why I'm here. And I've been here three weeks now. And I would say the greatest lesson was that I was highly distracted. I allowed myself to be very distracted while I was in Los Angeles. There was always some, an event to go to, um, somebody to connect with. Since we all had different events, there's like 20 of us, um, in my friend tribe. And yeah, so it was, it's been so productive. I've also been able to kind of hear some lingering wounds that I think um, are asking to be identified and accepted. And yeah, that's, that's really been like the journey. So the surrendering process is what I'm writing a lot about in this quarantine book, because there were a lot of expired dreams. The 18 year old that wanted to be an actress and move out to California, no longer did I identify with that drive. I kind of want, I didn't know how much I missed green. I didn't know how much I missed getting my hands in the dirt and like hearing the animals. I don't know. Yeah. Hearing Mother Earth. You in, <laughs> I am an earth, I'm an earth boy. Yeah. I am, I do barefoot hikes a lot because I'm just like, I miss, I grew up in Tennessee, so it's not too far. I guess it is kind of far from Kansas, but it's, I, I often have similar thoughts as far as like intuitive pooling sometimes, but what do you like? So you're talking about your intuition and, and your gut and really honing into what it's telling you. I feel like most people, including myself for a long time and even myself now, sometimes you have your mind and you have your heart and the communication that's going on. is like this, this argument between the two. You know, it's almost like a relationship, like a, 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 a rocky marriage or something between your mind and your heart. And mm. the mind's like, yeah, let's, let's do that. But I'm actually kind of scared. And then the heart's like, don't be scared. Just trust me, baby. And the, the mind's like, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I know exactly where I'm going. Just, just listen to me. And then the heart's like, why are you yelling at me? And then there's like this conflict that goes back and forth. But if you really just push those two out of the way the whole time, you have like your gut that's just kind of hanging out in the background by himself, pounding, you know, a margarita and smoking a cigar. And he's like, Wait, you two, it's chill. Everything's cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you two would just shut the fuck up, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll show you where the, where the next step in the journey is supposed to lead. Um, and for me, there's this big, there's a big gap trying between trying to identify what's intuition and trying to identify what's resistance. And I know that because you do, you know, you're doing a lot of light work and you're working with people on developing habits towards their higher self. I'm just curious as to what are the things that you're doing to be able to, to learn more and trust more into your intuition and, and not confuse it with something like resistance or, or fear. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I tell all my clients is, can I cuss on this? Have you heard me talking this whole time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't remember, but I was just like, wait, <laughs> language doesn't really like, like I, yeah. I, you could say fuck and I wouldn't like really hear it. It wouldn't like hit me the way that yeah. it was years ago when I'd be like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> so, um, I just tell them you can't fuck it up. And that takes a lot of pressure off, you know, like when 
I wanted to move to California. It's like a part of me knew I would be supported somehow. And when I wanted to leave my relationship and um, I did, there's a couple things that I guide people on. So you starting to have a relationship with your body because that's how I believe our souls speak to us and is, is through our body, right? Um, a lot of times it can feel clouded and uncomfortable um, because we've programmed our nervous systems or our, our conditions around our lifestyle, whatever it is, to be a little haywire and reactive. So taking slow, deep breaths, I'll have a client put their hand on their heart and another one on what's like your solar plexus area. So maybe like your belly button kind of, and just, we practice a lot because it's like you had said earlier, something about flexing a muscle and practicing love, practicing responsiveness, practicing going inward. We, we practice everything we're doing. We can practice being negative and, and pushy in our lives, or we can practice kind of like stepping back and being still. Um, so there's two reactions that will happen when you're kind of chewing on something is either it'll feel really expansive, like, okay, yeah, I'm excited, scared. <laughs> so it doesn't mean you don't feel fear still, but you might just be like, it feels better. And it, it, it's so subtle that sometimes, whereas maybe you say both of them and one of them is just like, actually, I don't, I don't really want to do that. Like I can feel it in my throat there's like some tension around my chest. I don't really want to do that, but yeah. I'm afraid of what people are going to think of me, or I'm afraid of that. The really innate fear is that you'll die. <laughs> and even though that sounds completely irrational, our emotional bodies, which is the heart, um, don't have a rationale. There isn't like, you know, they're not, it's not meant to. So I'll, I'll teach them that. And then we will also do a, a ceremony. So I'll have them light candles. This was taught to me by one of my mentors. So for me, when I was, you know, going to separate from my fiance, I put out pictures of both of us and I had been hearing this guidance. I am, am developing clairaudience. So I hear a lot. I don't necessarily see things in my mind, but I'll hear. And so I just put out these pictures. I played some kind of like provoking music to kind of get into my feels. And for me, it's Linkin Park because that's what it was when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> it like seems to continue to work. Yes. I, I was like, tell that's them so that, that it's Linkin Park. <laughs> so I put on Linkin Park and I'm sitting there and I'm just like angsty and I let it out and I start crying and I just keep asking myself empowering questions that are like loving and safe, you know, like what, um, I don't know. I'd have to go through them. I don't have them top of mind, but one of them was, what are you actually afraid of? And, you know, after asking that question multiple times, it's like lights are down. I'm in my own sort of womb of my own incubator as I'm exploring myself. There's that highest self within each and every one of us that always has the answer. It has an infinite wisdom and your body has a divine intelligence all of its own. So if we just get out of the way, like you said, head versus heart, get into coherence, which is just, I'm going to release judgment and from whatever comes forth, and maybe we still judge ourselves. When I finally got down to the bottom of it, the one thing that came out of my mouth was, I'm afraid of what people are going to think of me. So once that rang very true, I could feel it like in my body, that was truth. I was like, oh, that's it? Okay, that's it. That's, that's like my greatest fear around leaving this relationship. 
So I will invite them to do that. And I really teach a lot of embodiment work. So like allowing yourself to make the noises, allowing yourself to dance and move your body and like really get connected to what feels good. Cause once we know what feels good, it's very clear what doesn't. And yeah. we're just not practicing that as often the feeling good part. Um, so that's really how I help them tap into intuition. Everyone's a little bit different. So we'll do questions. Sometimes it'll be a question and answer. Um, or I'll have them journal on their own. And once they start processing stuff out, I'm like, yay, you now know. And they're just like, I wrote out like what happened in my childhood and I just feel really awful. And I'm like, that's great. Now you have a contrast to what you don't want to feel. Right. <laughs> so now, and, and all are welcome. You know, like if we don't have the opposite, it's hard to kind of align back on track on what feels good. And that's, that's your intuition guiding. And that's when we know we're off track. Like I'm a big Abraham Hicks um, yeah. follower and um, student. So I'm always just like, keep it simple. We get, cause that's how I know we're like a client's not connecting to their intuition as well. When there's like layers upon layers upon layers upon layers in their answer. And I'm like, if you, if you just, if you just peel it back, there's like one simple answer there. And yeah. It's just, feeling that you want to feel and and connecting to that we the human part of us that consciousness that's so beautiful and can take us on complete roller coasters this light keeps turning off <laughs> you put your hand uh, up and it shot off i was like, Whoa. And I was like ah, the opposite of light there um that's another way yeah, the feels are everything i mean they are feeling with whether it be visualizing affirmations, releasing trauma, and all of these feelings that we're longing for all lead back to unconditional love as well. And one of the big things, I, I feel like this is an, I feel like no pun intended, um, an easy thing that people can do that I have done in the past is in a visualization sense, is if you have multiple, can you hear me okay? Cause I'm getting like weird feedback. Yeah. You good? Um, if you have multiple like directions and you're not really sure which one's right, you don't know if one is fear, if one's resistance, or if one is something that you really truly want, or if you don't, if you're making excuses as to why you shouldn't have the one that you truly want. Um, literally just closing your eyes and visualizing yourself living out each scenario separately. Because when you do that, you know, and you, you're who's around you, what kind of foods are you eating? What's your environment? Like, what are you spending your time doing? How does it make you feel? Because as soon as you do that, you immediately highlight the one that you want. You know, there's one that's always going to be better than the others. And if it's, if, if there isn't one that's better than the others, what happens is the good pieces from all three or four that you're considering come together into one. And then you're like, Oh, I didn't even consider all of those at the same time, but that's, you know, that's what I, that would feel the best for me. And then it, then it goes back to the question, like, based on what you're going to do moving forward, how good are you willing to let it get? You know, how, how, how much are you willing to let these surrenders and sacrifices come through so that you can become this person or you can achieve this goal or create this creation or channel this, this type of energy. But yeah, it all comes from this unconditional place of love from your higher self. And it's like, you know, your intuition is a wide scale of trying to understand it. It's just a work in progress. When you flip a coin, 
you know, you always know what side you really wanted to land on before yeah. it hits. And it's kind of a similar thing. You like just visualize the options and feel them. And the feeling is so important. And it's the same with affirmations. Like I had mentioned yeah. earlier, if you do an affirmation and you say, you know, I allow $250,000 a year to flow into my life. That's great. It's attracting $250,000 a year in some way, but if you don't put any emotion into it, then you're not really triggering any sort of signal from your body or your higher consciousness to actually want to take action to bring that to life. Um, but if you visualize yourself with that emotion, you know, and you, you add that in there, I allow $250,000 a year to come into my life because it, I feel whole and complete and extremely excited to be able to have the freedom to wake up and do whatever I want with my time and with the people that I love, you know, so that I can help the greater good of the world. And you really build that into like a mantra or visualization that you can do every day. That's when you subconsciously start telling your brain to help you take actions when you're not even thinking about it, that will help you move towards your visions and your dreams, as opposed to creating more space or blockages in between them. Um, and despite being someone who does affirmation decks and things like that, I forget that. And I've just started reintroducing that to my life again over the past year. And it has completely transformed my abundance mindset. Uh, and it's been really kind of amazing. So it's getting so back in touch with the intuition. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's, it's so fun getting, getting that um, confirmation. Uh, what you were saying earlier about like the mind and the heart. When those are in coherence, there's a great institute called the HeartMath Institute where they talk about coherence and Dr. Joe Dispenza, if anyone's ever read any yeah. of his work, he's all about coherence. Because um, when we are in coherence, that is the thoughts and the feels getting into alignment. That's the, it feels like it's really happening. Uh, yeah. I'm a huge visualization person. I spend more time, I say, this is kind of how I share it. I spend more time in the invisible than in the visible. So in our reality, right, there are quote marks around reality. I spend more time really harnessing my focus and, and, and harnessing the feelings of it. I'll turn on music. I'll jump up and down and celebrate and scream. I'll look for the evidence of it having been done before. If like, say there's a woman I know who's like living a similar life, or in a very like happy, loving relationship. And I'm just like, yes, I celebrate them. And that's another indicator for me too, when I'm flipping through Instagram, if I'm feeling, Ugh, or like jealous, um, or envious, <laughs> whatever it might be, I'm like, oh, I'm not in alignment right now. But if I see something that I also desire, someone else is living out already, and I'm just like, oh, that makes me so happy. I'm so happy for you guys. I'm that much closer, because I can like see that it's manifesting for others. Then I know. Okay, cool. I'm like, I'm with it. I'm with myself. We're in, we're in coherence. Um, so that's a big part of it. Visualization is like such a game changer. And then affirming, like understanding how to speak in a way that like really calls forth what you want. Yeah. Demanding. Not what you don't want to have happen and having the expectation that it will, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and that's not, that's not a bad thing to have expectations because it, we're actually manifesting all the time. <laughs> we just, aren't always harnessing the focus around it. Do you know your human design? That is so interesting. I just read mine this morning. Oh, very how about that? Five one, leader investigator. 
that's no way that's not human design that's in that's uh wait what's so are you a manifester i'm a manifesting generator and my generator five one i got gotcha. you my profile is five one yeah cool and I only have two undefined centers i'm a manifesting generator also nice do you know your profile I am a four six emotional authority. Uh, mine's sacral. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's so funny. It's literally like, I, oh, it's in the other room. I read it about an hour before our call because I always pull them for my clients. Um, it just kind of helps me and it kind of helps them. Yeah. And I mean, it's fascinating. It, it's very deep. I just pulled a basic profile. It's maybe like 30 bucks on human design America. And what's who's listening to this. There's been, we've like given so many tools because we <laughs> really explore all the different, you know, access points, you know? Yeah. One of the, the things I love about human is I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, there's, I, I respect and like, I, I'm the type of person who's not going to like, balk at something because I don't know that much about it. I like to really learn about things before I make decisions. And then when I make decisions, I don't necessarily like to be so opinionated about it. It's just, does this work for me or not? You know, and human design for me has just been, ah, it works so well. <laughs> it works so well and I get it and I understand it and it, and it makes so much sense to me. And I feel like it's, it's totally um, an avenue that people should check out. I agree. You can get your like free profile. I, I have a friend who reads profiles, so I've had mine. Yeah, read my sister does too. Ooh, that's cool. Sis, get on here, plug her. I've, I'm getting my gene keys. So my next exploration yeah. is gene keys. So I get it read on Monday. He sent me my full, my four like archetypes, but that would be really cool. What's going on? I, oh, why am I looking around? I'm trying to find my astrology chart that I, oh. I worked with. Uh, she's the most phenomenal, like scientific approach astrologist, but has an incredible, into I feel like with astrology readings, there's two parts. There's the study of the actual science and then there's the intuitive connection. And she has the perfect mix of both. And I have the, I just realized that it's not up anymore and I don't know where it is. And I was like, oh. Where is that thing? Find that. Yeah. I really encourage and invite anyone who listens to this podcast to just be curious and go. If any of these are kind of like, oh, what is that? Like, check it out. There are so many different resources, and that's helped me a lot. Like, I just I take what resonates, and then I also am like, okay, like maybe that is a part of how I've been showing up in this world and I just didn't I wasn't aware of it because it was unconscious <laughs> yeah that wraps it back around to the first thoughts that we had yeah I think it's a it's a continuous unfolding of your awareness to to really understand that there there is an extreme level of magic that is happening around us and it's hard to it's hard for people I get I've been that person who would be like you're like I used to be the person who saw someone meditating and laughed and was like what a crock really? of shit you know Me and it, it when you start when you it just takes one time to see something and you're like oh my god that was I can't explain that but that was really really 
different. And then it just, it's kind of a domino effect. If you continue to navigate towards trying to, you know, uncover these types of experiences and expand your awareness and there's limit unlimited tools for, yes. for breaking open. Um, I can't believe it's already been an hour and 20 minutes. It's almost 1222. I chose not to look at my phone because I was like, if we're getting close to time. And so I just didn't. So you saying that I'm like, we just got started. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Can I ask you a couple more, just like more personal questions about there's just some things that I jotted down earlier when I was thinking about this. Um, what do you think makes you happier than anything else in the world? And it can't be a person. Okay. <laughs> My cat. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> when I first started meditating and they would say vision, like unconditional love, like coming from a person, I had such a tough time doing it, but I could always envision my cat's face and be like, he loves me unconditionally. Uh, what makes me happier is, uh, wow. I think there's so many things that make me happy, but really what deeply drives me is when I recognize the permission that I've given myself has given another person permission. It's mm. this, and I know that does have to do with a person, so maybe that doesn't count, but when I'm tapped into my own enthusiasm and imagination and excitement, and I can see that another person, like, there was a moment where you were, you were sharing something and I was like, I love talking like this because it's unlimited and it's so <laughs> exciting and there's no barriers and it feels so good. It, it feels like, <laughs> I about said orgasmic. It's like, it's not that intense, but you know, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's like right there. So that makes me feel when I see people living out their freedom with me, you know, we're in it together. Yeah, that comes back down. I mean, I feel like very much that my purpose in life is to help activate others to do that. I mean, as any light worker, right? You're, especially when you're born and you live most, I mean, for 28 years, I didn't even know what a light worker was or what that meant, you know? And you get into, uh, we're all connected collectively and it is very much about the whole you know, and not, not the self. And you definitely, the answer sticks because I was just saying no person because I thought you were going to say Ryan Gosling or something. <laughs> no, there's definitely, I've never been fulfilled <laughs> that way. Like when it comes to celebrity crush or, or a relationship, I'm, I, I recognize that that relationship with myself is, is where it it's better than Ryan. Yeah. What, well, um, what are you most uncomfortable with about yourself and how do you actively work to try to rise above that? My most uncomfortable aspect is questioning um, my fluidity as a human. Cause I feel like I'm very um, open to so much and non-judgmental. I really can like, if I take a moment to sit down with someone and understand why they live the way that they do, now, there are some like horrors in this world that I'm like, I don't want to sit down with a, you know, uh, horror, right? 
yeah, we'll just say horror. I was like, I don't I, really I, want to I, say. At first, I thought you said horrors. I was like, oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, no, I used to work next to a full nude strip club, and I worked at the bar next to them. And so the strippers always came over, and I, I'm not the type. <laughs> just, you know, I have yeah. a great empathy for, for humans. But my my greatest fear is that it makes me, I sometimes feel it doesn't make me. I sometimes feel because I am so open that um, I have this like fear that as a leader and as someone who is showing up to say like this, I never want to peg myself down. Like this is the one and only way Um, because maybe in 30 days, if I'm coaching you, you'll have a different experience of me because I'm always evolving and growing. So there's so there's still some discomfort within myself of feeling like, don't fully know myself. Like there are still aspects of myself that hide from me or that I hide from myself. And I think my greatest fear, and this is like really vulnerable. I don't think I've ever shared it is that when I'm having a conversation with someone, um, it's like feeding the fear gremlin, the fear monster. So I will be like, Oh my gosh, what if they know that like, I'm not super rooted in that yet. And then that's, it's just fear. It really is. And so all my work with plant medicine, all my work in my spiritual experience has been to no longer engage with fear. So that has been one of my deepest practices um, as it happens on a very nervous system level where I feel it viscerally and it can feel overwhelming at times. And I'll, I'll get catching myself in the momentum towards feeding the fear gremlin in the corner. And that's definitely been a practice. Okay fear gremlins. I know. They're just like, Ugh! and so <laughs> this like uncomfortable feeling in my own skin that um, I'll be found out or something. Does that just, does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. Yeah. And as I've, you know, as I went through writing the new affirmation deck this week, I was hitting it's very interesting to try to tackle all these different angles of emotional or physical problems and to try to present solutions to those at the same time and to create them into affirmations because the first deck I did it over years you know those ideas came into my head over years but this time when my mute when muse hit me it was like you're gonna do this in like a couple days and I was like wait I don't have any I, I already used all my ideas in the first deck I don't know what to do oh, I love and, that yeah and as I just started surrendering and letting it flow out, I mean, and that involved countless hours of me like sitting in the fucking bathtub with my dog staring at me, wondering like, what the hell are you doing with some like bathtub crayons and a notebook, you know, just trying to generate some blockages to come out and open up space so I could go back in. I had a lot of uh, different, different angles with the, uh, the fear and the procrastination gremlins and the yeah. resistance gremlins and, just reminding myself that you personify them for a reason or you gremlinize them for a reason because it creates space between you and them. And you understand that you are not those things. And when you understand that you're not those things, then you can remove them from your life. Um, yeah. I'll have to share some of the new cards with you. I think you'll, you'll like them. And then last question is just, I, uh, when, when was the last time that you cried tears of joy? man like every other day I have I would say the last like 
tears, tears of just like intense joy. Cause I'll get overwhelmed. I call it the gratitude overwhelm where I'm just like, I'm so overwhelmed with how it's that like immediate unconditional love experience of like everything's happening for me, you know? Um, and I feel highly supported. It was last Thursday, not the one that just passed, but the Thursday before that I had, um, it was during the Scorpio full moon and I was feeling a lot of like deep, dark heaviness. Just to me, darkness is not evil so much as it is just like dense. And I felt really heavy, <laughs> dense for slight. I felt really heavy and um, I did a breathwork session uh, with my friend Avery. He's an incredible breathwork practitioner. Um, and there was a moment where it's, it, it just like, it all, I, I let go of it <laughs> is what happened. Yeah. And I had such a deep love for my soul that I was sobbing like for a good 30 minutes. It was great. It was great. But I get those all the time. Like I would say every other day, I'll just have a moment where I'll just like stop, especially out here in Kansas. Driving home last night, I saved a turtle uh, from getting uh, by a bunch of bugs. Another synchronicity I saw right before we got on this call, my stepmother saved a turtle, a snapping turtle that was coming up her driveway, which I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody post something about saving a turtle. So that's weird. Or is it, or is it weird? Um, beautiful. That's cool. I will link all of your social media stuff into the show notes. You are at Leisha Fox, right? Just straight up. Lisa J Fox Fox. I only know one other Fox and, um, his name was James Fox. And he looked just like Jake the Snake. He was one of my customers when I used to work in the concrete construction industry. He was down in Jenkins, Kentucky. And I liked Fox a lot, but he was a maniac. He he would always be cleaning guns when I went, like the, the office was this double wide and he'd be in there just cleaning guns all the time. He'd have these guns. And he, he, one time he offloaded like 13 quarts of first run moonshine onto me. And he was like, just this wild, I mean, he's just pure wild West vigilante, but he's like running this whole like plant. And it, and even, you might not love this part, but it, there is, you know, in Jenkins, Kentucky, there is kind of a whole, uh, it's own like law system. He did shoot his wife. Um, wow. She did some things that were, questionably I guess on the scale of things out there worth being shot for but he shot her in the foot but they stayed together um yeah. so I thought maybe you guys would be related but I wasn't no, sure does not I both my parents <laughs> were adopted by their completely kidding oh, okay. by the relation <laughs> that'd be great if it wasn't what if I was like that's my uncle or something <laughs> yeah he was absolute legend for sure um cool is there any other any other resources you want me to link um i mean you have your link tree on your instagram i'm pretty sure that has all sorts of good stuff in there and uh fuck i wish this i mean i could talk to you forever so this was fun this yeah i'm glad it was on a saturday too even though days just feel like, yeah, I do have a schedule, but it's more for my clients. <laughs> I 
I would say the last thing would just be the Kiss Crew community that I have on Facebook. I live mostly on Instagram, but on Facebook, I have the Keep It Simple Soul community. And that is for women only right now. It's a sacred sisterhood. Um, but I highly suggest any woman. What about dudes with long hair? <laughs> You'll have to heal your sisterhood wounds in a different group. There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of smiles that will assemble with our minds and sell to earth. Yo, I screwed up the ending of that conversation with my recording um, software, but I did want to go back and link to Leisha's uh, project that she was just talking about. If you go to Instagram and you follow at Leisha J Fox, which will be in the show notes if you scroll down to whatever you're using to play this, they should have show notes attached, but also heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast. Um, if you go to her Instagram page, you can click her link in the bio and she has all the different links to all of her uh, her resources so um you can join that facebook group that she was talking about by clicking that link and it will take you to the actual facebook page thank you so much for listening these types of conversations really get me hyped she's obviously a gigantic heart And I hope that you do reach out to her, follow her, contact her on Instagram, tell her you heard her on my show, give her some love. Um, I think that you will fall in love with her teaching style and what she has to offer to the world. So go check it out. And yeah, have an amazing week, weekend, every single day, every single moment. Love you all. Peace. One last thing, ladies, gents, boys, girls, if you want to enter the giveaway to win the weekly drawing, it's heatharmstrung.com forward slash giveaway. Uh, You can win affirmation decks. You can win sweet-ass journals. Uh, We do one for every episode that we release. If you win, you will get an email from us. If you enter one time, you get access to all of the giveaways. So do that, heatharmstrung.com forward slash giveaway. And yeah, I'll tell Todd that... You all said hello. He'll get really excited and his nipples will be rock hard. But he is gone for today. And I apologize for that. Ta-ta.